The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Take your leadership to the next level. It's time for the Foundational Missions Leadership Moment with Scott McClelland of FX Missions. Hey, Scott McClelland here with you. All right. Hey, just a little housekeeping item here on what you're about to enjoy. This is a multi-part series uh, with Caleb Lawrenson. Caleb took time to join us from his home in Chiang Mai, Thailand. The audio sounds awesome. Trust me, I know. But I think you're going to really enjoy this series. He, he uh, took some time and broke it down with me about one of the leaders he's come to recently admire. I think uh, you're going to end Maybe feel the same way. Uh, Jean Bonnier, 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 Bonnier. Anyway, it's a French name, and I, according to the French, cannot do very good with my accents. I'm not going to argue. But nonetheless, this is a very inspiring character. This is a multi-part series. Caleb, I think, sits in with us for four sessions. So you're going to want to check all those out straight ahead, coming at you, profiles and leadership from the leadership moment with Caleb Lawrenson from Chiang Mai, Thailand. Hello, Scott McClelland here with your FX Missions Leadership Moment Profiles and Leadership Series. Happy to be with you today. I'm joined by an old friend. Not that my friend is old, but mm. we've been friends for a while. As a percentage of his life, it's been quite a bit, i got to say that. No, uh, hi, Caleb Lawrenson. How are you? I am well, thank you. And it is true. I was actually recounting close friends in my lifetime, and you are one of the people on the list that can be counted on one hand. So thank All you. Right, man. Well, hey, no, thank you. One day we'll get on and tell the story of how you saved my life. <laughs> That's not for this podcast. <laughs> All right. As a percentage of your life, Caleb. Do we mm -hmm. want to look at it that way? Sure. That's fine. You do math in your head, right? Sometimes. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's roughly 30%. No, more than that. More mm. than 50% now. Mm. Wait, I hey, can't do math wow. in my head. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's more than 10 years, but less than 20. <laughs> Didn't I meet you in like 2003 or four? Um, when were you at school? It would be 2004, or 2005, somewhere around there. So we're looking at 13 years, which isn't not quite half my life, but. Bro, 2004 was 16 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Almost half your life. Almost. Yeah, almost. Got to keep going here. We're going to pass that 50%. We'll have to celebrate it. <laughs> Heck yeah. enough, enough of the trivialities that I yeah. sponsored. Thank you for right. joining us from Chiang Mai, Thailand this morning pleasure i guess it's probably not morning there but no nope. uh, 
hopefully I won't keep you too late. I know it's uh, 13 hours ahead of us. So Yeah, I'm happy to do this. I'm excited. Oh, thank you, man. Well, when I mentioned to you in my shameless recruiting efforts, yeah. when it came to the subject of profiles and leadership, you brought up a guy yep. that I, in fact, had not heard of before you mentioned, mm-hmm. did a little bit of study on. Yep. And of course, it's French, French name, French pronunciation. For all you French speakers out there listening to the leadership moment, grace will be needed as yeah. we proceed. We're sorry. <laughs> Jean Bonnier. Jean Bonnier, yeah. Jean At least Bonnier. it's not Thai and it's not like Som Chai Ratanana Chanapon. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jean Bonnier, that works. We can roll with it. Jean Bonnier. Yeah, it's not awesome, but uh, in terms of pronunciation, but he was an awesome guy. Uh, Absolutely. Tell us, give us a little like sort of an intro, you know, biographical sketch of Jean Bonnier, and then we'll dig in some. For sure. So I'm excited to talk about him in part because a lot of people don't know who he is. Uh, especially people that come from uh, Protestant backgrounds. And so Mr. Vanier, Jean Vanier, was born quite a while ago, well before our time in 1928. And he wow. and he actually just died uh, in 2019, so not long ago. So wow. he lived a, a very long and rich life. And mm. he was born into not aristocracy, but his father was a general in the Canadian military and then also became, well, I think is close to the prime minister today. It has a different name in that era. I I don't recall what it is. So he he grew up in wealth and power and prestige and nannies and, you know, the whole thing in that Mm -hmm. era. And he self-describes himself as a child of war because his father was considered to be a type of a, a leader in a in a way a war hero for World War One. And he came of age in the era of World War II when the drums were rolling and he felt the burden to serve humanity. And so in his upbringing, he came to a point at its 13 years of age that he knew in his heart of hearts that he wanted to join the Navy he actually calls this a pinnacle moment in his life because he went to his father and told his father this desire. And his father said, I trust you. If you really believe you need to do this, I trust you to go and do it. And that, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, my son's 11 and I'm like in two years, him saying that, I don't know if I can extend that level of trust. So (laughs) Jean goes to a military school. I, I don't recall the name and eventually becomes an officer in the Canadian Royal Navy and is Mm. part of a command of an aircraft carrier. He himself did not see war. He kind of narrowly missed it, but he was up close and personal in the effects of war and seeing the destruction Mm. and just the total devastation that it caused. So um, after that, he started to, he calls himself always interested in spiritual life. His family were devout Catholics. He went to mass regularly, but he began to have an interest in deeper spiritual life and started Mm -hmm. to 
he wouldn't go and party when they docked. He would always go find a church to go to mass. <laughs> and he just was a disciplined and dedicated man. And then he started to learn about people. And I'll, I'll quote from his biography. They said that he was a son of a general who was also an officer, but he had a fascination with rebels. His personal pantheon was populated with people who had crossed swords with those in authority and had been punished. And so in those er early years of life, he was really fascinated with the social reformers like uh, Dorothy Day is another Catholic leader in that early 1900s era. Mm -hmm. And he started to go around and visit these different essentially social service organizations that were existing in the fallout of the, the wars and fell in love with this concept of, of service. Mm. And so then he entered the study of philosophy in university, decided to not go the, the religious route, but more the philosophy route. And he focused mm -hmm. on Aristotle, did his thesis on Aristotle's concept of happiness. So mm. he's super <laughs> academic. And then it came to a point in this kind of crazy journey of academia and seeking to serve the poor and being in, in the Catholic realm where you're going to monasteries and things like that. He also encountered people in a mental hospital. Would have been in the 19, maybe 50s, I think. Mm -hmm. And he was appalled at the conditions and just felt this tremendous burden to do something. And he, maybe it was 1964. I think it was actually 1964. Sorry if I'm getting the timeline wrong. But <laughs> he, he, um, he decided that he was going mm -hmm. to take a few guys out of the, their mentally handicapped people out of the mm -hmm. institution and live with them. And he got a property and he started to care for them and use the resources available to him and around him in the community in uh, France, worked with his local parish, I believe is the word, and started to, to do life and care for these mentally handicapped men, two of them. And that was the start of what became what he called L'Arche, which is the Ark, a place of refuge and safety. And mm -hmm. it grew from that one house and two guys into a global phenomenon where now there's, I can't remember the stats, but it's a, it's a significant number. I, I don't have them in front of me, but right. it's well over, I think it's over a hundred communities that function semi-autonomously, but with the sh same core values mm -hmm. and all of them exist to live with people with mental and physical handicaps and they call them aids. And so they help the people and the things that they can't do for themselves. But Jean really focuses on the fact that we're equals and that mm. we're helping each other. This, this huge emphasis on community and vulnerability that is something that really appealed to me. Please continue joining us for the ongoing series here on Jean Bonnier with Caleb Lawrenson. And thanks for being a part of the FX Missions Leadership Moment. Profiles in Leadership. 
This leadership moment was produced in partnership with Engaging Missions. Have your leadership question answered by contacting Scott at scott at fxmissions.com. Visit FX Missions to learn more about how you can grow your leadership and engage in missions. Visit engagingmissions.com for encouragement, insight, and resources from missionaries, ministry leaders, and church planters.